0: That whenever someone comes up and says, hey, happy holidays, and you have had a lot of pain in your life, it's really hard if you've gone through some difficult stuff over the holiday season or lost somebody in that time period, for you to be happy about Christmas or the season. And I want to kind of deal with the healing for the holidays kind of thing. And, And as we're doing this illumination series that we're going into for three weeks and talking about the Messiah revealed, I just felt to deal with several things in our hearts and in our lives and and this this I know that the Messiah revealed his power to bring everything into our lives to a place of healing and the Messiah, Messiah revealed to us his power to bring himself to us when we could not go to him and the Messiah revealed his ability to bring us back to his heart for us He loves you. He adores you. He's not mad at you. He absolutely would do anything to be in relationship with you. And when we look at this manger, we have to realize that we're celebrating the life of Jesus, that he came on mission. Amen? Would you stand with me as we go to the reading of the word? And I'm so thankful for this time of being in the word. I I truly feel like The Lord is gracious to me. I'm thankful for my wife. I've been going through a lot of study material for the new year, so I'm kind of already in 2020, but um, this is something I really felt the Lord spoke to me about, healing that God wants to give you. Some people don't receive the Holy Ghost because they're stuck in their pain, and you may not even know how to deal with your pain, but sometimes if your pain becomes the idol that's higher than God, you have to... Tear down that pain. And the only way you can take pain out of your life is to lift up the sacrifice that Jesus did for you and to forgive. Forgiveness doesn't doesn't mean that you give people permission to hurt you. Forgiveness means you release yourself and you don't let them be the one in charge of you. You don't let the pain be what's in charge of you. God will not let you be dominated by pain or dominated by somebody else's offense in your life. He is the only one that wants to be God over your life. Amen. And so we're going to tear down some strongholds today and take some things into captivity. And we're going to throw them away. And when we do that, I believe you're going to step into a happy holiday season. But we've got to deal with this first. So help me um, help me with this sermon just by being attentive and and thinking through this sermon. I'll do a little bit of a survey at the beginning, but then I'm going to teach the body of the sermon, and then we're going to take a moment at the end, and we're going to write down some of the pains from our childhood or pains from the past or offenses or hurts, and we're going to throw them away in Jesus' name. And some of those wounds are, are may may be somewhat stealthy to you right now, but hopefully as I speak, you'll find them, and you'll be able to lay them down before the Lord and God will cover them with his blood and you will feel a release and a weight off your chest today. And that's that's where we're headed, amen? So 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, I realize you're standing. This is a very beautiful and revelatory word. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness everyone say he commanded light he does that over your life in dark places he commands light to conquer the darkness hath shined in our where did he shine where does pain live Mm. he commanded it to shine where you needed it most so we could know this glory of god's to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ my translation says for god who said Let there be light in the darkness has made that light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of god that is seen in the face of jesus the same god he says here that said let there be light and everything that we stand on and everything we interact with is held up by that one word He said, that same God has spoke to your heart. He heals you like nothing else. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray you'd help somebody today. Step away from whatever has weighed them down. Someone that's going to have that weight on their chest lift off them. Someone's going to see that the light of God is more powerful than the darkness that's come against them. We know that light is shining in our hearts, Lord, and we want to have that overcome this fragile clay. We want that to overcome the places where we have offense. We want that to overcome and bring a clear and great power from God to our knowledge that we understand that nothing can press us, nothing can cause us to be out of your will, that if we submit it to you, Lord Jesus, you take it and you use it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. The light has shone in your hearts. That's what Christ came to do is to illuminate your life. And that light is the life of men. And I'm grateful for the life that I have in Jesus Christ. And he lights my way, and he brings my brightest life to pass. And so um, I, I really believe that Christians should not park their heart and park their mind when they park their car in the parking lot. I believe you shouldn't park your talent Park your gifts when you park your car. In the, this might get rough. I don't know how this is going to turn out for the Reese. I believe you should employ everything that God has given you at his house. Amen? I believe you should bring your brightest to God's house. And in doing so, I believe that God allows us to be a lighthouse for others that we are allowed to use our pains to help other people out of their pain. You know, it's once said that you should never follow a general that doesn't have scars. You should never follow somebody that's a fake and is pretending like they've gone through something because they really cannot help you out. They don't know how to get out of some things because they've never had to get out of those things. It's true that you don't have to have a life of debauchery to help somebody out of the world. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is a drug-addicted individual who's been turned around and redeemed by God can best reach those that are in drug addiction. Someone who has been an alcoholic and has walked away from the bottle and realized they were medicating their pain and Jesus is the healer of their pain can best reach an alcoholic. Amen? Oh, my goodness. I just believe that God knows how to heal us and let us be healers to others. And so when he shines a light in our heart, he's actually saying, I'm going to heal you with my light. I'm going to speak a word into your life and you will not be able to help yourself. You will shine that light wherever you go and you will speak words of healing to people without even knowing that you're doing, because you're a healing vessel. You've been healed yourself. And so when you walk into places of bondage and hurt, and dis- and despondency you can't help yourself because the holy ghost in you causes you to rise up inside and say you don't have to live like that you don't have to be bound to that you don't have to walk in those kinds of places and so we the people who once looked through the bars and saw the stars we are the ones that now can help people and say don't stare at the bars don't stare at the bondage begin to look to the one who's beyond your your bondage and begin to believe and begin to speak the word and what you say will become what you are. Preacher friend of mine was saved and he came out of the world, very controlling and very domineering personality. And you have to understand that control is often a symptom of hurt. When you get hurt bad enough, you will try to control everything around you. And the reason why you do that is because if you can control it, it cannot hurt you. And so he was that kind of individual, very very controlling, very domineering over his wife, had a lot of years where he had to heal. But when he first came to the Lord, he didn't know anything about church. And so he got his devotion out every morning, and he got his coffee, and he was ready to spend time with the Lord in prayer, and he loved it, man. He devotion, and he'd journal, and he'd smoke four Marlboros. And he absolutely loved his devotion time, sitting there, reading, writing what God was telling him, and smoking four. He said, I had four or five cigarettes every morning during my devotion. It was the best thing. I loved to smoke cigarettes. He just loved it. He grew up smoking. He, that's all he knew. His friends all smoked. He said, and so he began to pray one day, and he was praying, and, and the Lord spoke to him. He said, he said Jimmy, I can't use you the way I want to with you continuing to smoke, with you doing this. I want to use you greater, but I need you to lay this down because this is hindering your tabernacle and it's harming your body. And I need you to, at your best for you to do my best. And he stopped. He's like, "Well, Lord, I, I don't, I don't know how to stop." And so he went several weeks and he just couldn't quit, and because he just, he just loved the smoke. You know, he just loved that. That, that behavior and everything about it, hanging with friends and smoking. And so he, uh, he went back to the Lord. He said, Lord, I, I don't know how to quit. I've tried to quit. I can't quit. How do I, how do I quit? And the Lord told him, spoke to his heart and said, when you have the urge to smoke, you speak out your mouth, I am a non-smoker. Every time you have the temptation, every time you have the urge to have a cigarette, you say, I am a non-smoker. And when your friends come up, you know how friends are, whenever you have friends that do things that you're trying to get away from and you're learning and you're growing and you and you're going toward God and, and you have friends that all either drink or they smoke. And he said he had friends that come around and they go on break at lunch, you know, and all that stuff and, and they'd all come up and hey, you need a smoke? You, know, you, you need, he wasn't smoking and they were. Because that's what they they get uncomfortable whenever they're all smoking and you're not, you know, because now they have a bad habit and you don't. So he's like, hey, you need a smoke? And he was like, every time they'd offer me one, I'd do what Jesus said. No, I'm a non-smoker. They're like, yeah, whatever. You've been smoking for 20 years. Stop. You know, you love it. Just have a smoke with us. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm a non-smoker. He never touched another cigarette because every time he wanted to touch one, he said what Jesus told him to say. I am a non-smoker. His word brought him out of that addiction. And that's what Jesus told him to use. Jesus told him that I have shined light in your heart and I want you to be more than what you are right now. And because I love you, I can't leave you where you are. I can't let you keep harming your physical body while I'm healing your spiritual man. I will not let that happen as God. And because I now have ownership of your vessel, I have ownership of all of you who you are. Jesus never read the book on boundaries. He believes that your thoughts are his thoughts. He believes that your pain and your situation are his. And he took it to the cross. And so now you don't have a right to make excuses when you have been hurt. You need to lay it at the foot of the cross. I'm preaching to somebody here. This is what God told me to say. and it's, It may be hard for you, but I've had to live this myself. I'm preaching to you with scars. And Jesus would not come to you and ask you to come out of something if he didn't first have scars to show you that he went through it. Oh, my goodness, that he went through it himself. He's been there for you. He's done this for you, and it works. I'm not raising my voice because I need to raise my voice to tell you this. Jesus is not death, and you need, neither are you. But I'm telling you, he will not bring you out of a place he has not gone to for you. He despised the shame. And he took on our sin, which means every burden that goes with sin, every bondage, every disgrace, every moment of shame, he put it on himself and he carried it to the cross. And he died for it so that you didn't have to die in it. Somebody said amen. So he wants you to bring your best and your brightest life to the kingdom. And he guides us with his glorious light. Amen, somebody. Oh my goodness, I'm in my intro still. Hallelujah. Does anybody have anything in the crock pot? house isn't going to burn down? Okay, we're good. I want to deal with three important things that God's salvation does for us and the revelation of what he was as, as the king come. So when Jesus was born, his kingdom came to earth. And his kingdom says no sickness. No shame, no bondage, no hurt, nothing to dominate. There was no place in Scripture where you were dominated until sin dominated us. And that's why he had to come and die on the cross. Because he does not want anything dominating you except for the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, he was meant to be a king above all things, and if anything is dominating or taking central um, location in your heart, he has to come and put it at the cross with you. Amen. There's a little thing called the hurt pocket that you know that I, I have been doing a lot of study lately, and and um, there's we don't always understand exactly how we're hurt you know a lot of guys this church has a lot of women in it because i deal i used to talk a lot about hurts and pains and getting over things and that's my that's my ministry reconciliation but the guys are like i don't i don't have any hurts you want to talk about mufflers we can talk about mufflers you want to talk about sports we'll talk about sports guys don't get hurt they get mad but mad is a symptom of hurt and you have in your life a pocket in your heart that accumulates all the hurts of your life and they don't go away as i've been studying i realized time doesn't heal i used to say this as a pastor thank god for the blood of jesus tears time and talking heals everything and while that may be true that when you get far beyond an offense far enough beyond an offense you may not feel it as much, it may not be as raw, and you're able to reconcile. That may be true. But time doesn't heal anything. I've watched people who are 60 years old that will go back to their eight, when they were 18 and talk about and cry about something that happened to them, an offense, a hurt, a rejection. And at 60 years old, they still hurt just as much as if it was the day they got hurt. Time does not heal pain. And we all have pain. That's the thing. We all deal with pain because life hands you pain. And I believe, I got to stay on notes. I believe that God wants to deal with the pains of our heart because he knows that that can derail us from the mission he has for us. Amen? His mission was to come and die and be resurrected. He did not let anything derail him from that. He didn't let Pharisees get in his way. He didn't let the... Yeah, he called them, you brood of vipers. He he told them to get out of the way because I have got a mission. But he wants to get the pain out of your life so that you can stay on the mission that he called you to be. There's purpose in your life. And God wants you to stay on your purpose. You need identity in life. You need purpose in life. You need acceptance in life. Those are the things that God gives. You can't get that from a man. If you get that from anybody, you're looking to the wrong source. Somebody said amen. Amen. And so he illuminates this in our life that God is the the source of our acceptance. He's the source of our purpose. He's the source of our identity. And he's the source of love. Those are the things you have to have to be a satisfied human being. And so he brings the power of healing to us. And so the body... Of Christ is a is a body that needs to live in the light of Jesus, and all manner of sickness has to submit itself to kingdom authority, Amen. So when we see the star and we talk about and we read uh, when Matthew talks about Jesus and some of the revelation that of what Jesus was God with us, we have to understand that when it says God with us, it's saying all of God's authority that's in heaven is now set up on the earth. Yeah. And then he gives us the key through the power of God's spirit to bind and loose according to kingdom authority. Do you see what I'm saying there? That means when you have sickness in your body, you can speak your way out of it. You can call it now I'm not saying you don't go to the doctor. I mean if you don't have enough faith, take an ad you know take an advil, okay whatever you need to do god's given our god's given science god's given medical science we know so much about the body yes go ahead and go to in the i'm not preaching against anything like that i'm preaching that when you have something in your body you can speak to it and begin to believe god for it and god will heal it amen so i believe that i believe that with all my heart jesus heals us that's the big idea that i want to share with you the greatest truth is that he was born to die But even greater is what would happen through his lifetime as he walked on the earth, healing all manner of sickness. That's why the Bible says that Jesus preached the gospel to them. The gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That wasn't written until 60 AD and further. That means 60 years happened, and Jesus was already preaching the gospel on the earth. What was he preaching? The kingdom has come. The authority of the kingdom's here. When we get into a worship service like we just had, and you start feeling God's movement and through through you and through the congregation, you know what he's saying? My kingdom's here. I sat down. I sat down in this place. When you praise him, his authority sets down in the place. And when he walks through and moves, all of a sudden he's like, that doesn't belong in my kingdom. That doesn't belong in my kingdom. That sickness needs to leave your body. How many people do you know have been miraculously healed while they were praising? You want to know why? Because when you praise God, he inhabits the praises of his people. Not that his kingdom's not already on the earth, but when he shows up in his kingdom, the king is here. Amen. and when the king shows up, nothing, nothing in the room is permitted to enter without his permission. So whenever you have the king come into your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost, nothing is allowed to enter your life that he won't point out and say, you need to deal with this. you need to put this in a trash can. you need to take this and lay it down because that does not promote the authority of my kingdom in your vessel and in your life. Oh my goodness, I might be teaching a little bit today. The universal need since the fall of mankind is salvation. That's true. But also to retract and reverse the curses that fell on us. These things that were the curses in the garden, we were never created to deal with those. You were never meant to feel shame. Whenever God came to Adam and Eve and he said, where are you? They said, we we hid ourselves. What do they do? They covered their genital area. Why? Because that's the most sensitive area of the human body. They covered the private areas, and you still will cover everything private in your life that you feel shame in, and you will not want to give it to God. But God said, who told you? You remember? He's, he said, we, we hid from you because we were naked. and, and Naked. That sounds like it <laughs> just sounded like that was Texas coming out right there, Brother Reese. I apologize. They were naked. There we go. <laughs> and then God said, who told you you were like that? So whenever the enemy comes, he, he comes with three things that you were never meant to deal with. And those three things are, number one, fear. You were never meant to feel fear. In fact, the Bible calls fear a spirit. Hmm. And you can only conquer a spirit with a spirit. The, the reverse of the spirit of fear is the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's good stuff right there. Go study it out. you'll love it. The second is shame. You were never meant to feel shame. And number three, you were never meant to feel pain. Those are three things you were never meant to deal with on your own. The devil is the pain whisper. You've heard of the dog whisper, the horse whisper, The devil is a pain whisper. And he will whisper to you in moments of pain things that you will then believe that you have to either take into captivity, And cast them out according to the word of God and what the Lord says about us. Or you will take those in and put them in your hurt pocket. And you will justify the pain. And every time someone says, how are you? You will open up and you'll say, well, let me tell you what's been hurting me. This, this was wrong. And they fired me and they hurt me and they rejected me and they abandoned me. And you've got all of that hidden and tucked away in your heart. And God said, the revelation of my Messiah in the face of Jesus Christ is that I'm going to open up that pocket and I'm going to shine light on all that stuff and tell you how it can be healed if you want to, if you will. I love the fact that God is my answer to everything. Life hurts, brothers and sisters. It does. Things happen. There are things that that hurt you. Ways that people deal with pain are are, are a gamut of different things. All mostly destructive, but, but pain in life comes to us in so many different ways. Number one, rejection of father and mother, abandonment, rejection by the opposite sex, divorce of parents, that that tearing away of two parents. And whether you tell your children it's not their fault or not, children have a way of believing, I did something to cause that. And then... Adultery, abuse, uh, death of parents or loved ones prematurely, abuse, social rejection, rejection by siblings or friends, failure in uh, academics or athletics or business, failure in any area can cause pain because you feel like you weren't enough, amen? And if you nurse that long enough, the enemy will come in and say, you're right, you're right, you're worthless, you're not good for anything. That is the enemy speaking lies into your soul. You don't deserve a good relationship. You lose everything eventually. Those are things the enemy will say to you when you have pain, and he's the pain whisperer. Do you hear what I'm saying today? I'm teaching right now. Failure in academics, athletics, business, handicaps or disabilities, they can be places where you feel pain, where you get bitter against God because you can't use your body the way you want to. And you're like, I always could, but now I can't. Why, Lord? And that pain can be turned into a bitterness and a hatred for God. Having no one that cares about you, loneliness, misunderstanding, misaccusations, gossip or lies being told about you, unfair accusations or misplaced blame, all of these are places for hurt in life. And you can't have what Jesus wants you to have if you have walls of hurt around your heart. Amen. All these things bring pain and hurt to our life itself and the circumstances and the situations that go around them and you will not be happy. The reason why is because happiness depends on happenings. That's where happiness comes from. Happenings. The things that have happened to you, you will never be happy if you hold on to the pain. I've... I personally have walked through nursing homes as a funeral director, and walked by people in their wheelchairs as they are, as they're so, so old and they're they're drooling and all they are doing is spouting curse words, curse word after curse word. Why? Because they never dealt with the heart, they never dealt with the pain pocket in their life. They never knew to go to Jesus. He's the one that heals it all. Amen. So, are you okay? Are we doing all right? I know it's getting thick, a bit deep here three ways, three major ways that people choose to deal with pain incorrectly. Everybody say incorrectly. This is the wrong way to deal with pain. Number one is medicate. Just think over your family, the people that medicate their pain, alcohol, drugs, food, entertainment, sex, risky behaviors, gambling, you know it. That's all a way to medicate pain. Amen. And those are not the issues. I had pain in my life from a father wound, and father wounds are some of the worst pains to deal with. Some of you may have a father wound. If you still have it, God can help you. Come see me. I will walk you through it because I've come out of it. I've got the scars to prove it. But I am now a man healed, and my medication was food. I'm losing weight. I don't know if you noticed. But I am getting back down to my old weight. And the reason why is because I no longer have that wound. I don't go to food to medicate whenever I have pain. Amen. I'm not ashamed of that. It, and just as much as food was my medication, alcohol or drugs or pornography or risky behavior, all, gambling, all of those things are the same. It's not the thing that's the problem. It's the pain that's the problem. You understand? The church has been preaching against pornography and drugs and all this stuff for years. And really, God has been trying to get the church to understand, it's what I took care of at the cross. It's the pain that's in the life of individuals. It's the wounds that came and the hurts and the offenses. If they will just bring it to me, I will help them out of it. And they will no longer need to medicate. The the second way, you know, sometimes... Sometimes when I deal with this stuff, I don't have enough time to deal with all the notes. But Jesus, the Messiah, revealed is called the Son of David. You've ever heard of that? Matthew starts his gospel with the Son of David. He gives us a, a, a strong understanding of of what that means. It's indicating royal origin. It's indicating that he was the son of Abraham. Also indicating that he was an Israelite. Amen. All these things that you can study out yourself. Both. Um, are are all these phrases are ways of saying that he as a son of David means he's descended and and has all the promises that God gave to David and to Abraham. They were resting on the Messiah. That's the Messiah revealed. Amen. And so, what we understand about the Messiah is that. When he's called the son of David, that seems like all of those good things are, are appropriate. That seems wonderful that, he, that we can see in Jesus' face and in his life the blessings of Abraham and David. But when he's called the son of David, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be the son of David. David had pain so deep. He had a pocket full of pain, amen? And he was so messed up. And here's the thing. He was a man after God's own heart, Carla. He had a love to pursue God even though he was a horrible parent. He did not know how to parent. And he passed his pain on to his children. Because you know the story of Amnon and Tamar and Absalom. Amnon violated Tamar horribly. He began to fall in love with her. She was a beautiful woman. And he began to love her. It was a sick love. It was, a, it was an inappropriate love. And, and finally he just, he got to where he couldn't help himself and he violated her. And Absalom took Tamar into his home and comforted her after that. And Amnon fled. And then of course there was three years or two years where David did nothing about it. Horrible parent. And then there was a plot made and Absalom killed Amnon for it. His brother from a different mother but he still, because of the the bitterness that was in Absalom's heart for what he Amnon had did to Tamar, he stewed on it and he he continued to meditate on it and eventually it made him into a murderer and so that's what pain will do and then David did nothing, and Absalom fled to Gesher. you know the story. you can read it yourself. this isn't a Christmas story, but I'm trying to tell you how pain can make you do things you never thought you would do and so then, two years three years go by there's a couple years in there and david does nothing about it and then joab puts together a scheme to bring absalom home but absalom's been stewing on the fact that david did nothing about it and so absalom comes home and david doesn't do anything about it absalom comes back home and david doesn't even see him for two years so we have three years two years and so this, this problem has been compounding, and David has not done anything. And then, if you stay with me, Absalom turns his hurt toward Tamar, towards his father, and he tries to kill his father, and depose him. And David nearly dies over his lack of dealing with the pain that he transferred to his children. I want you to know you can stop pain with you if you take it to the cross. You don't have to pass pain to your children. You don't have to pass the hurts of loss to your children. Amen, somebody. My wife and I have decided we're going to hand our children the light of Christ, not the pains of life. So the second way that people deal with pain incorrectly, oh, there's so much here, I don't have time. The second way is that they motivate it. They get so busy, they get so active. and one of my preacher friends actually was dealing with a lot of pain, and he said he would go to his devotions and he had his whole plan, I'm going to read for this time, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to write journal and I'm going to and he plowed through his provo- per- devotions every morning, busy, 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 busy. and finally the Lord stopped him and said, "Would you just be still? I have some stuff I need to deal with that's inside your heart." But if you just keep plowing through your devotion every morning because you're checking boxes, I can never deal with the hurt that's in your heart. We can be so busy. You know people, they have to have the TV on. When they're in the car, they have to have the radio on. Why? Because if you get quiet, the ghosts of your past catch up to you. And the Holy Spirit was supposed to deal with every broken thing in your life. And so we have people that motivate it. They're some of the most successful people you'll ever meet. They are good at their job. They probably have a lot of money. They probably pulled in in a very nice car, but there's pain in the heart. And Jesus came to deal with it. That's why you should not judge someone on the outer appearance. They might be wearing a boss suit, but they have hurt in their heart. And that's why Jesus is relevant to every human being on the planet right now because regardless of who you are there can be hurt in a heart and Jesus reaches for that. He draws men through that. He says I can heal you. I can make you new. Amen somebody. So number 1 they medicate, number 2 they motivate. They they just stay so busy they can't they don't have to deal with it. And then number 3 they meditate. Meditating on pain is the worst form of trying to deal with it because it gives room for the devil. Here, listen to me carefully. So the third thing that people do is they, they meditate. All you overthinkers in the room, wave at me. Any overthinkers? Anybody lay down at night and your brain won't shut off? Okay, this is for you. This is your natural default for dealing with pain. And God wants to take care of it today. All those that have a tendency to stew right now, listen up. You know who you are. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, you can write this down if you're taking notes because this is a verse for you, all you meditators, all you people that play your history over and over in a picture in your head, you go back and see the offense, you relive it, this is for you be ye angry and said not, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Next verse. Neither give place to the devil. What does that mean, Pastor? Why is that for me? Why is that for the meditator? The word devil there means Diablo, which translates into slanderer from the original language, which means that if you lay down and you just meditate over your offenses or how they hurt you or what's been done to you or how you were left out or how you were hurt the enemy will come in, the pain whisperer will come in as the slanderer and he will slander that individual and you'll take those thoughts and you'll apply them to your pain and you will then begin to think things about that person that they are not. It is truth. I cannot say it any other way, but you will begin to believe that they had bad intentions, that they were the worst person, that how could they ever do this and that is not of God. God believes the best in people. God puts his righteousness on people. His grace is greater than every sin. So that is not of God. In fact, that's what the scripture is telling us here that the word devil means that he's a slander. If you go to sleep, angry is what the word is saying. The enemy will come and will whisper slanderous thoughts to your mind. That's why you cannot let the sun go down on your wrath. I know this isn't easy to receive. So what do you do with your pain? I'll move along. We take it to Jesus. And Jesus helps us to deal with it. That's what the Messiah revealed to us. That he is the healer come to save us. Amen? Well, how do I, do, how do I deal with the pain when they keep causing me pain? You conquer a spirit by the opposite spirit. So if, they have, if they're demonstrating anger towards you, you, you go back toward them with a soft answer because a soft answer turns away wrath. A kindness spirit deals with an angry spirit. I have a lot more here that I cannot get to, and I wish that I could help you um, through this, but I'm going to be preaching about this in the new year, so please just pay attention to that, but Jesus said in his word that he shines light in our hearts and that light exposes things. Have you ever had something on your shirt or on your skirt or someplace and you didn't see it when you were getting dressed in the morning and then you walk out and there's this big stain and you're like, how did that get there? I didn't see that this morning when I was getting ready, but you stepped into more light and now it exposes what was there all along, but you didn't see it. Same thing is true when his light is shed into our heart. We don't necessarily know where all the pain is pocketed in our heart but when we step into the presence of Almighty God and his light begins to illuminate it we see things like oh that's not that's not like Jesus oh that's not something that's going to help me be all that God wants me to give. that's not that's not like me that's not what God wants me to identify as that's not what God wants me to have for a purpose and God begins to deal with it and he washes it in his blood and he heals you and he makes you new again and again he makes you new over and over again and that's his redemptive love that he chased you down when you were running away and so you have to redeem things through the power of his sacrifice and the praise of Jesus Christ when we praise him even though we are not that yet when we praise him even though we're moving towards something he begins to reach into our life and he says give this to me Give me the hurts and the pains, and he he just gathers them all up in his arms, and he walks to Calvary, and he says, here's healing in return. Here's healing for that. He just walks through our life, picks up all the broken fragments, and assembles together and heals us and makes us whole. You cannot go back and pick up where you were damaged Pieces of your heart have fallen off 10 years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, when someone rejected you, when someone hurt you. But Jesus, because he's Alpha and Omega, can walk through your past. And he can heal the offenses. And he can gather up the broken pieces of your heart through your life and meet you in your present and heal you. Only God can do that. Your psychologists can't do that. Your helpers can't do that. Anybody who's your friend cannot speak enough good word to heal you. Only Jesus can do that. He came to be our redeemer. That is powerful. And you weren't meant to live under the shame of that. You weren't meant to live with shame at all. If you feel shame in any way today, I want you to know that God's blood and God's grace and God's forgiveness is here for you today. I want you to leave here with an understanding that your happiness and your joy is not connected to the happenings of your life. And I also want you to leave here with the understanding that you can put things away. So a friend of mine was dealing with some of the wounds of his past, and he was walking through, and I'm finishing with this story. Please stay with me. He was walking through his past, and he didn't know why but he couldn't heal he would have outbursts he would lash out he would say you know he was a big custer when he was in the world before he got saved and he would have moments where he had a hard time with with swear words and he's like why does that keep coming back i cannot understand why this is a battle i cannot win and the lord began to deal with him and he said i thought i was going crazy but every time I would lay down and I would begin to dream at night, I had the same dream over and over again. He goes, and I started getting to where I was so worried and I was so concerned that I began to grind my teeth at night. He said, and I got to where I developed a jaw condition to where I couldn't open my mouth. I had to smush my food before I could eat because of the pain. And he goes, and I went to a conference and I was sitting in a conference and the preacher said, he said, Lord, I'm in excruciating pain right now. Would you just give that preacher a word of wisdom? And the preacher's preaching and he stops, he goes, I just got a word of wisdom from the Lord. There is somebody in this audience and he called him by name. He said, there's somebody in this audience named Tony. You have a jaw... Um, problem, and you are, you're you you're dealing with some things, and and God's going to heal you right now if you come up here, and he said, that's, that's me, and he walked up, and he got on the platform, and the preacher said, do you, you have TMJ, or you have problems with your jaw? He's like, I've been grinding my jaw, I've been worried about things, it's, it came on me as I began to deal with this problem that I have, he goes, okay, God's going to release you, and the preacher laid his hands on him and began to pray for him, and, and he's like, he prayed the prayer of faith, and he said, I felt nothing. I felt absolutely. No, that doesn't work very good. If you're, if you're a healer preacher, you know, you need to heal people. You need to have God help you heal people. And so he prayed for me. He goes, "Well, how do you feel now?" And he goes, "I feel great. Yeah, I feel good." He lied through his teeth. <laughs> he said, "I didn't want them to know he's a bad healer." <laughs> so he's like, I-, "I feel good." So he went back and he sat down. And his friend that was with him at the conference, he goes, "How do you feel?" He goes, "I feel horrible. I feel. I don't. I feel worse than when I went up there and got prayed for." He's like, "Really? That, that that's." So he goes. They went out to lunch that day, and, and he's like, "You know what? I just need to go home and lay. I need to go back to the hotel and lay down." He goes, "You're not feeling well." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Jim, has has there been something that God's been dealing with? Not Jim, Tony. Sorry, I'm trying to use the right the right person without you finding out who it is. Has there been something that God has been dealing with you about?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've been I've been having this anger rise up in me." He goes, "You know that's coming from a hurt." He's like, "Yeah, I, I know, but I just can't find the hurt." He goes, Well, have you been having any kind of visions or dreams? Has God been talking? He goes, You know what? I have. I've been having the same dream over and over again every night. He goes, When I was a little boy, my mom, we didn't have much money. We were really broke. And so my mom lined our trash can with paper. She'd use newspaper to line the trash can. And you had to take the trash can out, the whole trash can, and dump it outside in the burn barrel, and so he said, mom had filled the trash can. There was a bunch of slimy stuff on top and all this nasty stuff. He goes in, and my mom said, you take that out right now. He goes, I can't. It's too full. It's going to spill. She's like, you take that trash out right now. You you stop talking back to me. (laughs) You've been there before, haven't you? Parents aren't making any sense, but they want me to listen. And so he's like, so I took it. He goes, and my dad was sitting there, in the door that goes out to the garage, that heads out to the back, he goes, my dad had size 14 feet, really big feet, and he had his feet up, and I knew I couldn't get by there. He goes, and so I, care- I was really carefully carrying the trash can, and his dad was harsh, never told him he loved him. He was a very, very difficult man to deal with. And as he was walking, he stumbled, and all that slimy stuff fell off on his dad's legs. He goes, and my dad didn't even hesitate. He just whirled around and just kicked me. And came up with his finger wagging and, boy, and he said, he hurt something in me. And my brothers were all on the couch and they all just laughed at me. He goes, and I was trying to do what my mom told me to do. He goes, and so I carried that out to the trash can. He goes, and from that point on, he goes, I was a horrible person. He goes, I was the troublemaker in my town. He goes, if you want to know who caused the most problems, he goes, I did. He goes, because something broke in me, and I said, really? If I can't do good and not be honored for it, then I won't do good at all. And God started dealing with that situation, and he woke up, and he was was like, Lord, do you want my trash can? He's like, yeah, I do. I want that situation. And you have a situation that maybe you have dealt with. Maybe you don't even have it on the surface yet, but... He said he went back to, he started praying and he, he went to sleep that night. And that night he didn't have the dream where he started in the kitchen with his mom and, and everything happened. That night he was just standing there holding the trash can and Jesus was on the other side. And Jesus was just smiling. He's like, no, you can't have my trash can. This is where everything, this is where all my pain is. This is where, every, I'm not giving it to you. And Jesus just smiled at him and was a gentleman and said, give me your pain. Give me this trash can. And he's like, I'm not giving it up. And he's like, No, I want you to give it. And in his dream, he said, Fine, I let go. And that morning, he woke up and his jaw was healed. He had a physical representation of a spiritual hurt. And when you give it to Jesus, he'll heal your body, he'll heal your heart, he'll heal everything in you if you give it to the Lord. Would you stand with me? Uh, ushers are going to come or however we want to do this and they're going to hand out some post-it notes. And this is not a a true altar call, but it is. Would you take some post-it notes and take a pen and I want you to take some time at the altar and just ask the Lord, Lord, what is it I've been holding on to? What is it you want me to let go of? What is it you want me to give you? What trash do you want me to give today? What hurt in my heart do I need to throw away and take on the light of Jesus Christ in my heart? What is it that you want me to give up? If you've been medicating, if you've been meditating, if you've been motivating beyond your pain, just staying so busy and going after the things of, of success that you haven't dealt with in your past, I want you to know that today is the day that Messiah is revealed in your heart and you need to deal with it and our band is going to come and I want to sing a song as we're going through this and I've asked them to sing an old song which is Blessed Be the Name of the Lord because the reason why I wanted them to sing this song is because of the line that's in this song that you give and take away I used to not like this song because I didn't like the fact that God took away but what I didn't understand about the song is he takes away the hurt and he gives healing He takes away the things that damage us and gives back blessing. You give and take away. I want him to take away all of the pain today. We're going to throw it in the trash can and he's going to give you blessing for it. I want them to bring the lights down in the room just enough. I don't know how we're going to do this as long as people can still write but I want you to come near the altar and I want you to write on that piece of paper. Leave the lights on up here if we can. Um, And I want you to write down on that piece of paper something that has wounded you, something that has hurt you. And I want to take it and put it in this trash can and we're going to give this to Jesus today. Is everybody with me? You understand what I'm asking? I'm asking you to find a way to throw away the hurt, to clean out that, that place in your heart. We're going to set some up there. Would you stand right now and would you come down to this altar, everyone together, bring the piece of paper with you. Everyone stand together and come forward. Do that with me now. We're going to do this in steps. Everyone to the altar, please. Don't resist, just come. If you don't have if you're writing, I understand, but once you're done writing, stand and come down to the altar area. I want to minister healing to you right now. I'm going to pray over you as you think as you're thinking And I want you to consider maybe it's one of these things. Maybe it is rejection of father and mother. Maybe it was abandonment. Maybe it is loneliness. Maybe you can look back and see that it was at the divorce of some parents you felt that you were to blame. Maybe it's a past past mistake. Maybe it's something you did and you just can't let go of it. And maybe you feel like the Lord's going to catch up to you. Maybe you feel like you've done some things. And no matter how much you live for God, God's going to punish you for that. That's not true. He's not a God like that. Maybe it's abuse. Maybe it's social rejection, family rejection. Maybe it's words that were said about you that hurt you. We're going to leave here and get some, some happiness in these holidays coming up if we lay it down today. Let me pray over Jesus. Right now, in the name of the Lord, I minister to these people in this room. If there is someone listening online right now, I pray for you wherever you are, sitting in your home or sitting listening in bed or whatever you're doing right now. I pray for you right now that God helps you to release your hurts to him. He did not come to this earth for you to live in that pain. He came to set you free. And right now, if you pray a prayer and say, Lord, I'm no longer wounded. If you pray a prayer and say, Lord, I'm a non-smoker. Lord, I'm a non-drug addict. Lord, I am a non-victim. I'm no longer a victim. God will make you into what he wants you to be as you begin to let that light shine in your heart and let your words speak it. You're writing these words on a piece of paper right now as a way to speak them out and get them from you. Some of you feel like no matter how much you work and strive, it's going to end up being not enough. That's not true. God is going to help you to make it be enough. You shall succeed in all things in Him. I pr- I believe it right now in Jesus' name. And I pray success. I pray healing. I pray deliverance in Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. You can come and put them in the trash can as you... Give to Jesus, he My takes it away. Choose it's to say, Blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away.
1: My heart will choose to say,
0: Blessed.